1: Hello, hello. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for downloading this episode of Spin the Rally Pod. We have been to Belgium since you were here last. All the team is in position. Former motorsport team boss George Donaldson, senior staff writer for Dirtfish.com, David Evans, the voice of rally himself and Dirtfish contributor, of course, Colin Clark, and me, the humble rally fan, Lisa O'Sullivan. Now, I have always enjoyed... Ypres, I have so many questions, but I do want to start at the end. I want to talk about Thierry Neuville because uh, he has absolutely stood up to the scrutiny and the pressure and he has delivered a victory on home soil. What a great result for him and what a great result for Hyundai.
0: Yeah.
2: Not before time too for them either. Goodness gracious, they've been waiting a few weeks.
0: (laughs) 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 This the well, the thing I think Lisa that was really impressive here was that the, you know this result was telegraphed. You know we did know, we knew that Thierry had done the event countless times before. He knew the area in, both in in Ypres and down south in Francochamp uh, He's done the Boucle de Spa. He knows everything about Belgian Belgian rallying uh, because he's Belgian. Uh, but he delivered. You know at every turn, he was totally self assured. He was confident. Nothing rattled him. Even when he he wasn't in the lead for the first three stages, he took his time, he played himself in, he stayed in the middle of the road, and then he just went quicker. You know, the four stages, I think, through the Friday afternoon into the Friday evening, he didn't, I mean, he didn't destroy anybody, but he certainly put his his marker down, um, and nobody could catch him. That stage seven. It was really telling that, that Craig Breen was close to him, but at the end of that stage... Craig said, that's all I've got. You know, I haven't got any more. And and clearly Thierry, because of his familiarity with the territory and the terrain and everything, he had that ability to just turn it up. And it was a really nice line from Craig that he said, if we were going up Moles Gap, I would be able to turn it up one more. And it's just yeah. that intimate yeah. knowledge uh, of where you can cut and where you can go. And from then on, it, Thierry was in complete control. We We saw the following morning, okay, Craig took fastest time on, first two stages Saturday and brought the gap down to three and a half or something. It didn't matter by then. You know, it would have been naive to think there was still a rally on because Elvin Evans was over half a minute back. Uh, And it would have just, it would have been silly, frankly, to allow Breen and and Neville to fight. Uh, It will hurt Craig. And it did hurt Craig to accept that he was going to finish second, but that's the job of a professional driver. You know, he's a part-time driver this year. Thierry is one with a championship challenge it made complete sense for Andrea Rodama to do what he did. Um, Doesn't detract in any way from what Craig did because actually I think that accentuated Craig's performance because one of the areas that Craig's lacked in the past is this, this time, this way that he can just dial it down a little bit and just, you know, just go like at 9.5 out of 10 or something like that. He showed he could do that. And that's a real attribute as a driver. Uh, So actually maybe this result added another string to his own bow.
2: Well, increased his worth massively, I
3: think, David. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, totally. Actually, George, you know, but when you talk about Thierry Neuville there and, and how he delivered, David, I mean, Ypres is that sort of rally, isn't it? And and you, you look at the, the role of honour from Ypres, and, and it's multiple winners. It's guys who have been there many times, particularly Freddie Likes, won at 11 times. You know, the more you know of those roads, of those corners, of those ditches, of all of that jeopardy, the more you know about it, the quicker you can go, uh, and and that's and that's that's you know you might argue that's true of every rally, and to a degree it is, but to a greater degree it's true in somewhere like Ypres. and and you know if if we were to have at the, if we were to have at the start of the year said look you know uh, let's have a bet let's have a bet on one two. Who's going to come first? Who's going to come second? Um, this was probably the easiest one to pick. It's never easy and it's never guaranteed, is it, in rallying? But this yeah, was but, probably yeah, the Col- easiest one.
0: Alain Panas totally contradicted you, didn't he? He said, well, he did. you know, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's absolutely not the, the case. It, it, Chris Me well, Al- won Alain for the Pernasse first time. Was
2: just, he was he was selling his event, wasn't
0: he? No, 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 George, because, you know, it goes back in history. You know, if it, drivers have gone there and won for the first time. Biazion did. Uh, I think well, Toivan and did or did, I can't remember but it, it is possible no, but uh, it, it, no, was on the no one was
3: coming to Ypres but at this level at this level David no one was yeah. coming to Ypres and winning for the first time no one but I no do think
0: actually that I level. do think as well Colin I do think that some of the drivers had almost beaten themselves before they got there because it was so in their head this whole particularly uh, you know what we have to remember here is that Ypres this year it was enormously benign wasn't it you know the fact that there was no rain There was no tricky tyre choices. Everything was very straightforward in terms of the conditions. The roads didn't really dirty that much. Um, And if there was ever going to be an easy or a less difficult EPA, this was it. Um, So, uh, yeah, there is a part of it that thinks the likes of Augier, the likes of Elvin, uh, and the likes of Tanak, it was in their head. Uh, And you talk to them before. You talk to them, and, and it's like, oh, we've tried to watch it on YouTube, but there's no... There's nothing like the experience that um, that Craig
3: and, and Thierry have got. So well, I, I they started stand on by what four. I said. Then completely stand by what I said. That you know that it was probably the easiest to pick the one two. You know, it is but one of those rallies that's particular and unique, and that that does require experience. And yes, you do get situations. We have seen it as you rightly pointed out. Chris Meek went there. Chris Meek was was the quality driver of of the field that year. And what was it? Two thousand and nine. Uh, the absolute quality of the field and, and you know, and, and, and quality drivers can go anywhere. You know, exceptional drivers can go anywhere in any rally at any point and have a chance of winning. But there is absolutely no question that Nouvelle's experience and Breen's experience Single them out as the two favourites for this event. And, and, and yeah. that doesn't detract whatsoever from their achievements because as you rightly pointed out, David, he never looked really in any sort of bother at all. He never, never had to take any risks. He never looked as if he was going to put a wheel wrong. I think he said he maybe had a, a little slide at one point and that was it. Um, Your know, over the weekend. Craig Breen, on the other hand, had a moderately big scare on the final day down at Spa, um, but but he, he never looked in any trouble. He absolutely sailed through it. He sailed through it, and it it was an exceptional, exceptional performance. But you know, but one that we all expected, if we're being absolutely mm-hmm. honest.
1: He's used to the tarmac, though, isn't he? Kind of grown I, up on cups of tea yeah. and tarmac.
2: I think I think the comments about uh, other drivers as well. Um, you know, coming to this event and winning. Remember when Biazon came and Toivanen came. You could recce as long as you wanted, and mm. and, and you wrecked in you wrecked in Group B cars or Group A cars or whatever they happened to be in or, uh, at that time. You could certainly full full spec cars, so it wouldn't be a fair comparison uh, that in broad terms. No, no yeah, that's
3: it, a fair it, point. It, it was it was, was exceptional, but but George, you, you were right in the first thing you said that it, it was about time for Hyundai. They, you're, yeah, Neuville needed yeah. it. It's, it's easy to forget that Neuville's last win was what? Um, 18, 19 months ago? More than that. 20 months wow. ago nearly in Monte Carlo last year. And okay, as he pointed out, we've not quite had so many rallies as maybe we could have expected in those 20 months. But it's still a long time. It's too long for someone like Thierry Neuville who's got absolute serious aspirations to be world champion. To go, to go the best part of two years without a win um, may have been, may have been beginning to play on his mind, uh, and and they needed it. They needed it particularly after the troubles they've had this year, and and you know I'm I'm keeping my fingers crossed because listen, it looks as if Ogier is 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 establishing himself as the absolute firm favourite for the drivers title. I almost said driving away with it, going away with it. He kind of is, but but <laughs> we know how quickly these things turn around. But we need to get Hyundai scoring good points again and putting a bit of pressure on on Toyota and the manufacturers they've still got a massive job to do, but the one two was absolutely the result they needed to 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 give themselves a chance again and 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 it is just that, but it is a chance again now they've they've got in the manufacturers Toyota
1: I like column, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah, yeah, I want to talk about Toyota now because uh, they' they've just outpaced again what, what what do you do? what's Jerry MasLafella sitting there thinking after EAP
0: Colin and I discussed this. You know, when we when we spoke to to the drivers on the Friday afternoon, and they and immediately they said, O'Shea and and Cali Rob said that the test road was wrong. They had a test road with no corners. Uh, yeah. O'Shea described it as boring. I almost uh, laughed I when asked, he said that, David. I, I almost
3: laughed. I, I almost laughed. I asked, I asked, you are I asked Jerry
1: joking. Matty, "Is that serious, or were they?" So I asked Jerry Matty
0: about how this happened. Um, and Toyota, like all of the teams, were given two roads. Uh, and Elvin and Takemoto had the the better road the one with obviously more corners but <laughs> Yerimati said the availability of roads is really is really difficult um at that time and in, in, in that area so they essentially they they got what they were given um and what they okay. were given didn't really help but you know the the question for me with Toyota is how did the guy with the least tarmac experience at yes. least time in the car how did he come out as the quickest. Okay, we saw Ogier first on the road on Friday and struggling with the grip. He certainly, the road cleaned far, far more than, than he expected. And Elvin Evans was sort of second worst, wasn't he? He's second on the road. Uh, so you could say that that Cali had the, the preferential place on the road on day one. Thereafter, they were all very closely packed. Um, and Ogier is now in the frame of mind that he is doing what he has to do. We've We've talked about this time and again you know if he increases his championship lead by 1 point that is a success that is all he needs to do and that's exactly precisely what he did in in Brussels in Brussels in Belgium um the question still remains over elvin who has to find some pace he has to pick it up it seemed he was a real morning person uh in in Ipa he was able to go out and take time out of Vogier in the morning and then he he lost it on a second run um and yes, he finished ahead of him in the classification, but he finished fifth in the power stage compared to, I think, second for Seb. Elvin needs, he knows, more than anybody. You know, he said in over the weekend he wasn't firing on all cylinders. The car wasn't giving the drivers perhaps the kind of confidence that they needed. But equally, the drivers didn't have the confidence because, as we've already discussed, they hadn't been there before. They didn't know the roads. Um... For me, it was a fantastic, genuinely brilliant performance from Kelly to finish third and first of the of the of the novices, uh, if you like. Mm. But yeah, I, I and, wonder,
2: I, I wonder, David, whether uh, the the Toyota drivers perhaps have a small instruction from the team that says, "Look, guys, we're leading the championship. We need you two guys to, uh, you know, no. yeah, go out and do what you can, but but don't don't throw anything away here." They we, sort of do, George, but. Finish.
0: But also, <laughs> in, a, in a in a yeah. fabulously Yari Matty kind of conversation, uh, he told me before uh, the event exactly what you've just said. They have to think of the championship. It's the championship, not wins, that they're focused on now. Um, and then, in the next breath, I said, "Well, you know, what does Elvin do?" And Yari Matty said, "Oh, he's got to push for the wins." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, and 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 of course he does because. That's all that can save his championship now. But it is a very difficult message that Yari Mati's now got to give the boys, isn't it? Because well, he doesn't have to tell Ogier anything. Ogier will yeah. do exactly what he's going to do for his own championship, and that will reap benefits from the manufacturers. But how do you control Elvin? You know, Elvin is not, in his own mind, he's not a number two at this point. He has nope. the same car, the same kit, the same opportunity. Therefore, he wants to go make the best of it. So you're telling yeah. him to, yes, you can challenge Ogier. But don't forget, we need you at the finish. Yeah. yeah.
3: No, I, listen, I, I think the, 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 it's not such a difficult position. Not, not at the start of the event anyway, because, you know, you've got three cars, let's face it, and only two of them have to finish to score manufacturer points. So, you know, you're not going to say to your drivers, all three drivers at the start of the event, make sure you finish. Of course you're not, you know. Um, you, you let them off the leash, you let them push, you let them challenge until one of them makes a mistake. And then you say to your remaining two, guys. You know, you hold position now. You hold position, you get to the end, you secure as many manufacturer points as we can. Um, i it, it, it seems crazy to think they would have that sort of conversation before the event started. And and I think they just I think they did all three of them went into the event to do as well as they could. And they just for whatever reason. Just what one you... I think what's really interesting, David, what and, and George Really, really, really interesting for me. It, the point that David's already made is interesting, which is that Kalirov and Per with least experience finished first of the three Toyota drivers. For me, what's almost more interesting is just how close they were over the whole weekend. Literally three or four seconds, five seconds separating them going into the final day. Yeah, um, there,
2: there wasn't much in it at all. It was proper, uh, full on sort of fight from that point of view. Well, yeah, but George, was, George, George, events, George, can I, I George, saying that the Hyundai didn't have the pace? What was it missing Correct. when the Toyota was walking away? Now it's just the, the mm. shoes on the other foot. My point exactly that I made then, I think it's just down to the drivers. I think that's what we're all kind of alluding to. They, they didn't quite get the groove, whether it was test roads, feel, I don't think mm. there's anything wrong with the car and, George, and you've Charlie you've Rove been, been in this position before, that.
0: George. What what would you what would you have said to them? So we are now back on yeah. say Thursday night last week. What do you say to them? You've got a huge lead in the manufacturers, Augier's got a huge lead in drivers. You, George Donaldson, our team principal at Toyota, what do you sit down and say in the briefing?
2: Probably just about what Yari mattis said, actually, without mm. trying to to spoil the ground. If you were being really ballsy about it, yeah, you would say, "Okay, guys, let's uh, let's hammer this home. Let's see what we can do." That said, you know, Thierry and and uh, and Craig Breen are highly likely to be very very successful um, on this event. But if we can go out and have a you know feel feel how close we can get to them, can we challenge them? Let's take it to them. The moment mm. one car has a problem and we lose a one car, we're going to have to drop back to the safe strategy.
0: Here's a more interesting question, then, George. That was that was Eper new event tarmac event blah blah blah. Mm. Now give us some real insight. What do you say to them before the Acropolis?
1: Mm. Mm. Don't well, break the car. Well. <laughs> well yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I would say, guys, don't let let let's say uh, it's going to be it's going to be a ninety nine percent pace. That's it. That's enough. That should be enough to to bring out the weakness in the Hyundai if it exists. But don't let them get away from you. Don't as much as ninety nine
0: percent. That's a lot. Uh,
2: I think it's I think the percentages. Ninety nine percent is a huge drop in full performance, uh, David. So my ninety nine percent is um, is is probably a different metric to, to most other people's. Mm,
0: okay. Yeah. I mean,
2: between 99% and a hundred percent, I would say there's, you know, it's a good sort of hundred steps in there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> seriously. But, you know, and so I mean, you got, only needed got... to look, I mean, like, looking at EPR, I, I followed it on WRC live as usual on and off. And I, I looked at all the highlights and all the moments and, you know, drivers say they didn't have a much of a moment. Uh, most moments you see that are just a little kick you're unbelievably lucky to survive that in Eeper, you know, because the, cause the ditches just draw you in. You go from one side to the other side and eventually you go in and you're lucky not to roll if you go in. You're probably knock a wheel out. You'll never come out of a ditch without serious damage mm-hmm. on the car, like 99 times out of 100. And so this the is... margins are really small. Uh, we're going to Acropolis. It's more like a pacey safari, if you like. I mean, yeah. I, that's, you know, in terms of the way to treat it, so you're going to have to go out there, you're going to have to maintain the pace, you're going to have to make sure you don't knock the living daylights out of your own car more than it can stand, and it's just as simple as that. And if Hyundai haven't managed to at least mitigate some of the issues around their uh, around their unexplained, and they are unexplained to us, the, the, the public effectively, uh, unexplained breakages, then uh, then they're going to go there with as, as a serious underdog. And I think going slow doesn't help them. So they probably just might as well go out there and be relatively quick because it's... Thierry's car broke at a point where it hadn't actually taken any... Okay, the previous stage had been quite rough and that stage was was smooth. So he'd presumably done the damage in the previous stage in Kenya. But even still, it, it, it was only Acropolis rough. It wasn't it wasn't Safari Rockery rough.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So...
1: Yeah, yeah. I, like, I like the fact that we've got a new measurement system now as well. We've got Imperial, we've got Metric and we've got Donaldson. Okay. <laughs> yeah. a, thousand, a thousand units in there, chucked in there. Um, Absolutely. It was fantastic to see the crowds out in Belgium, even though at times there seemed too many and perhaps some in the wrong places. I mean, Ooh. from what we could see, it looked probably very different to how it was because the camera does lie at times. What, yeah, what it was it like out there, boys? Yeah.
0: I yeah. I think you we'd have to be a little bit careful in saying people were were in the wrong place you know they, from what yeah. I saw the spectators were were well behaved back 10 meters from the road uh we we saw stage 8 was cancelled because the spectators and then one of the stages was on a sunday was was delayed uh yes, while the spectators the morning, second stage yeah yeah well they well they got back in in line uh it, it's difficult isn't it you know the the crowds were back, they, we, they weren't allowed into the service park, they were allowed around the perimeter of the service park, which was fantastic, and it was great to see them in the bars and the cafes and restaurants around the outside of the, the grope market. The numbers, in fairness, Cole, when we went out on that first stage on Friday, uh, we drove through because obviously we weren't allowed to, to go into the spectator areas, we were high density, uh, but just driving through, there didn't seem to be that many people out you know there, there wasn't the same traffic uh, um, that we've seen can i just
1: interrupt for a minute there david you, you, mm. you used the phrase high density can you explain to people what that actually means because we, we have banded it around a couple of times without actually saying what it means
0: so appendix s the faa's regulations around uh, a, a coronavirus policy um determines that you are either low density which means you can be in the media center and you can go to the media zone um we are not allowed into the service park, but you are allowed onto the stages um yeah. or you can be high density where you're allowed into the service park and you're not allowed out onto the stages uh so we gotcha. for for much of the of last year all of last year in fact, and much of this year we have been low density, so we've been out on the stages um but really, we've been desperate well haven't we to get back into service yeah. so this this time we've gone back into. Into high density, density. uh mm. but yeah I mean the, the, the point there was Friday there didn't seem to be that many people, but then Saturday, as we drove out of town, the queue was to get to one Masters. stage it was probably three or four kilometers long
3: yeah wow, you know I, I think what we have to remember is that uh you know there were regulations around the number of spectators and the number of tickets that they could sell uh, you know mm. that, uh, as are many, many countries around the world and in particularly that part of Europe, they're still dealing with a fair old corona crisis, so a COVID crisis. Uh, so, you know, they 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 had to implement some fairly strict uh, policies in terms of crowd control and numbers and where they could go. And, you know, I heard from from a lot of my Belgian friends who are big, big Thierry Neuville fans who have been following Neuville really since, since his very early days. And, you know, a number of them weren't going to the event because, A, the tickets were so expensive, and they had to be expensive, you know, to cover the cost of the organisers, massive extra costs involved, in uh, you know in enacting all of these new regulations that they, they they have to they have to work with uh so the tickets were expensive and your movement was restricted for spectators so you know that would be part of the reason why perhaps we didn't see quite so many people in certain places but but you know the thing with epro and the thing that's that's always been the way with epro is that there is very very strong self policing in epro you know the fans understand rallying really is as well as any fans anywhere in the world and they understand The implications of people standing in the wrong place you know they have this very strict 10 meter rule that the vast vast majority of people who go along to the stages absolutely adhere to uh and and then the fans themselves are encouraged to self-police they're encouraged to uh to move people along to make let people know that they shouldn't be standing in certain places so you know, there were one or two instances, and I know exactly what you're talking about. At least I saw one or two that made me go, "Whoa, that's that looks a bit sketchy." Mm. But, but difficult, difficult with camera angles, difficult looking yeah. from a you know speeding cars on a board. I think it's all shortened as well, doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, but, but no, I, you know, the crowds were good to see, and in places that were really, really big crowds. I, the thing with Ypres and here's another question for you, if I can chuck a question in. You know, the thing for for me with Ypres is always the atmosphere. It really is. It's the atmosphere in the service park, in the Grote Mark, out on the stages. It's always fantastic. And I wonder, and it's, it's, you know, something again that struck me. David, you and I talked a lot about Spa yesterday. And, oh, my God, how great is Spa? Fantastic. It's great to come here. Yeah. But we were lucky. We were there. And I wonder whether, and I've seen an online poll that's being conducted saying which was the better of the two new events, Ypres or, uh, or Croatia. Now, I wonder whether Ypres is one of those events that is far more entertaining to attend than it is to actually follow and to watch mm-hmm. on the yeah. television. No, I'd follow. agree 100%. And I, I suspect yeah. it is. I suspect it is. You know, you, mm. you and I and, and Gary, our fantastic cameraman director, had a great time at Spa yesterday. Um, yeah. And there were bits of it that I really enjoyed. But, but you know, I've been thinking about it since. I thought, you know, the, the track stuff was a little bit dull. You know, this it location was, was fantastic, and, but it was dull. It was really dull. And, 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 and actually, you
0: know, sorry, Carl,
3: gone i was gonna say that that thierry said himself he said coming down eau rouge yeah fantastic to be in a rally car on eau rouge but he said it was really odd because in a rally car you never get time to think you know you are concentrating the whole time he said you could just think you had had 10 or 15 Mm. seconds just to you know to to take in what's around you and think and and that is that right for rallying i'm not i'm not i'm not not sure it was 10 or 15
0: seconds it was it was a what it was a chunk of time but you're you're right and and the second loop of those stages call it didn't have the same wow factor did it you know we went up to la source at the first for the first time and it was incredible but you kind of had to be there to feel the car whiz past you Mm -hmm. your sort of nose within a
3: couple of feet as we were on the inside of the hairpin and and i think it's the same for the whole rally david i think it's the same I, i was i was shocked by the results of this online poll because I am always genuinely shocked, you know. But it 60%. was a dull
0: rally. It was a boring rally it, it, in yeah. the same way that Estonia was a bit of a boring rally. There wasn't a huge yeah. amount of c- competition. The top 10 didn't really change. There wasn't much going on. And I, this is, as historically, this has been my point, is that I think I've, I have I absolutely testify to what you've just said because I've watched deeper rallies from afar and I've watched the footage. And it, for me, it is a, an awful lot of straights and 90s and until the <laughs> rain comes you don't get yeah. the level of entertainment yeah. but well Colin, I, th- I
1: think that that is the split we've got because you but- you and David you and Colin were there George and I were back here George what did you think did you think it was boring i mean having we we have all yeah. been to Ypres and we have all sucked up the atmosphere and enjoyed that there is a real feeling in that mm. town as well it's a town that's got so much' it's history. It's, amazing. A ta- amazing. it's a town that was raised to the ground and then rebuilt mm. um following you know the hor- the horrors of war and it was rebuilt brick by brick to to be the town that it is today and and all of that history and um the importance of history is is very prevalent as well you know with the men in gate and the ceremony every night and stuff like that. The town itself has that feeling and the the rally brings its own history as well, so when you are there. That's in the air. You feel that. The fans feel it. You want to be part of it as a fan. I have to say, from my point of view, George, watching it from back here in the UK, as you say, uh, David, lots of straights and lots of 90s, and it, it kind of lacks stuff, but I but I do know how it feels. What about you, George?
2: Well, uh, I love the event. Uh, I've been there many times, been out spectating as a team manager because we used to go around and service everywhere, not just uh, stick in the growth market. but. Uh, uh, yes, but I mean, I felt after two or three stages, I felt it was a moderately inevitable result. Even though Craig Breen was still challenging, it was quite obvious that there would be a team order. So you knew that was going to be a one-two at the very best. Of course, it could be a non-finish, and the Toyota's could have come through. I was sort of waiting for two or three stages to see if the Toyota's challenge would mature and they would actually start to eat in with their with their perceived uh performance advantage. Never never arrived. So. Yeah, from the point of view of an inevitable result, I felt it was a little bit, uh, a little bit of a given. When I started looking on YouTube at all the interesting footage that appears up from spectators and from 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 our Dirtfish feed, and for a little bit from WRC.com, of course, following there, it uh, it it was uh, it was more interesting. I mean, it's good to follow that way, but just as a, an overall result, yeah, I mean, a lot of these Belgian events could leave you feeling like that great fun to drive, uh, except Eper. It's not so much great fun to drive because of those ditches. You can't really have that big moment and get away with it. <laughs> so, but, and we saw that we saw that many times here.
0: But here's a question yeah. for you, George: Is is it not? You know, are we not singling out Epa here? Rather, than, okay, we've singled it out because we're talking about the two the two new events with Croatia and Epa. But Here's one for you. Is it not just tarmac rallying that's boring? Because let's wait for Spain. Three days on mm. tarmac. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness me! You know, it's Spain. Yeah, I love rains, it. It's great. event. Yeah. yeah, but you know, why should we? Great. Why? Sh- why should the weather hold a gun to the head to, to the WRC's head? Oh. Hey, David look, Richards I mean, in, in
2: said fairness, this. In, in fairness, Eper Did... was quite exciting. I mean, the the the, the road was not clean. Uh, you know, the, as as Ogier alluded to on the first day. You know, he was cleaning. He was cleaning a line. No, does doesn't normally happen on tarmac. That's the nature of the narrow yeah. roads. The fact that people have been wrecking and cut and dirted up the road, he came along to probably some very dirty corners, so he actually had to clean the line. Something but I didn't factor in, to be honest. I did not factor that in on my. In and, and, we sh- and we and
0: sh- we we should have listened to Freddie Lloyds, yeah. who said yeah. fourth on the road is is the best place to be. But yeah. the the point here is that David Richards now probably nineteen, eighteen, nineteen years ago said. We don't want any more tarmac. That's why Sanremo went to Sardinia because it, he said it was boring. You know, it's boring to watch on. T- boring is a little bit harsh here. You know, it's not as interesting as cut watching cars slide around at 100 miles an hour on gravel or snow. Uh, certainly, you know, I, I can't say it's boring because it's not. It's, it's just not quite so interesting. Um, do we need to think more about that? You know, two of the remaining um, rounds of, of this year are on tarmac japan is a new event could we not have gone and found some gravel roads uh do we need any more tarmac rallies
2: i've uh, i've done one tarmac rally in japan uh, it was the alpine rally uh based at a ski resort about mm. uh, about 250 300 kilometers north of tokyo uh, very narrow roads very well defined very clean gorgeous race race track like asphalt it was a wet event um uh, I'm not quite, but because it's so narrow and nadgery, uh, I, I don't think the cars will get out of shape much. It'll be certainly very different viewing. It'll be mm. uh, very, very difficult to to, but, to see and understand. But you know, well, let's
0: look at the best Monte Carlo rallies ever, and inevitably yeah. they are the ones with the weather, aren't they? You know, you never. Yeah. We had, you know, you look yeah. at say when when Grunholm won in in '07, it was a pretty much a dry Monte, and it was dull. I refuse to yeah. use the word boring. It was a bit dull. Um, yeah, yeah, and he won because Loeb made that. It was exciting watching yeah. Loeb try to come back from a... Yes, from yeah, a, absolutely
2: it <laughs> was. Was it a five-minute penalty or a ten-minute penalty at that time? It was, it was a five-minute minute penalty. Five, La- five last, minute penalty. Last, last
3: stage of the day. Last stage of yeah. the day, he got a five-minute mm, penalty. Yeah, yeah. And still, did he finish on the podium or something, didn't he? He finished second.
2: He finished second. Finished second. <laughs> he finished second. <laughs> no, it wasn't far off a win.
3: Goodness me. Goodness me. David, the point you're making is a good one because... and that you part of the reason I always enjoyed Rally Germany was because invariably, invariably we did get some weather, you know, yep. <laughs> you know? and it exactly. made Germany really, really interesting. And I, you know, for me, it's very, very easy for me to remember a boring, and I mean boring, and I know you don't want to use the words, but mm-hmm. a boring, you know, Catalonia rally. I, I can remember mm-hmm. two or three where nothing changed after stage oh. four or five, mm-hmm. nothing yeah. changed, yeah. but but I can really remember. A boring Rally Germany. There was always lots going on on Rally Germany. And, um, got a lot and, of Hinkelstein
1: in look, the wet. I, I, hang yeah, on a second.
2: You know, Colin, Colin, David, uh, Lisa. Uh, boring in terms of a result. If you're out there standing on the edge of the stage watching these cars oh, flying, flying past absolutely. It. It's epic.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, epic. absolutely. Yeah. I agree yeah, with but that.
0: Rally, but rallying can't be all about the, the live watch, can it? It's got to deliver yeah. uh, online and uh, as a TV product as well. Yeah. Yeah. which yeah. which let's, well, let's point it, is
2: boring on tv unless it's, um, unless it's very cleverly filmed
1: in yeah. our working lifetimes they've, they've had to um, bring in rule changes to make some of the elements of the way that rallying works more interesting you know changing the start position depending on your last result bringing the power stage all these things brought in to make them uh, make the event less interesting but we have seen that move With technology as well. So you think about what we can see in the car now when a a driver's going past to when I started working on rallying, which is 20 years ago now, was my first rally. And, you know, you you saw a car go past the camera that was on the side of the road. You, You did have onboards, but not really. And you had to wait until the end of the day to actually see them. But you think about what we can see now as a spectator. The problem is we've all got used to that now. (laughs) <laughs> so, we're, yeah, we're so yeah, yeah. spoiled that's as viewers right. yeah. that when we see a rally car go around a roundy roundy racetrack, it doesn't look like it's going very fast. It's like, oh, that's all right. But if you do go past it, you think, God, look at that car go. But,
3: but mm. the great thing about yesterday, David, and for me, it's the abiding memory of yesterday. You know, we, we, we've got this racetrack, and we know that Formula One cars and, and, and endurance cars and, you know, single seater cars are really quite spectacular. And, and there's no questioning the skill of the boys that drive them. But, you know, massive runoff areas, tyre walls that are four tyres thick, five tyres thick, I think, at Eau Uh, And then you see, you see a rally car, a world rally car, coming down the narrowest of tracks next to this massive Formula One racetrack, coming downhill, steeply downhill on a narrow track at 180 kilometres an hour, bumping, (laughs) massive drop-off to the left. And you're thinking, yeah, yeah, that's what defines a rally driver. You know, mm. and, and barely breaking sweat, 180 k's straight down this track, narrow, narrow track. Um, and that made me sit up and think, wow, wow, this is actually, that, that section alone for me made it almost worth going all the way across mm. the other side of Belgium. And it was the kind mm. of juxtaposition between all these, you know, the, 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 the Formula One track, the single seater track and the little roads that the rally boys actually earn their crust on. Fantastic.
1: It was worth it. Yeah. Then, do you think the spa, Franco No, Franco- <laughs> Franco- no, 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 no it, for me.
3: It, for
0: me, a hundred percent. It, you know, it was. We discussed this yesterday. Uh, Renties. Stop Iper. having
1: your little conversations sorry. together. Away, you save it for the sorry. podcast. You two. Okay,
0: sorry, Lise. The event was known as the Renties Eper Rally Belgium, and the emphasis on those last two words. It is Belgium's round of the World Championship. You can't ignore the fact that it has, Belgium has one of the best motorsport circuits. I know it's a circuit, it's not a rally stage, but it also, moving down to Spa, brought in so many fans from, you know, we Mm -hmm. were 140k from from Trier. Mm -hmm. There is no Rally Germany this year. Therefore, all of those fans could, if only for one day, they could at least come uh, and travel to Spa and see World Rally cars.
3: Uh, yeah, it's... I agree with that, David. But that's that's a completely different discussion. A completely different discussion, you know. And, and if 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 well, we're no, broadly analogy... speaking, Col,
0: it was worth it. it you know, no, you've no, got okay, to take the okay, thing okay. as a whole,
3: haven't you? In, in that regard, it was worth it. But if if we're talking about utilising the motorsport assets available to each event, and you know, uh, Rally de France, Rally of GB, you know, we, we don't we don't go around France. We don't go and use. Uh, Le Mans in France you know the the greatest track in the world which is a, a you know obviously a street track we don't use it uh it's, it's not what we do it's not not how it works um I agree you know if if there is an opportunity uh take the opportunity but but I also think that there you know there's a lot to be said for saying well the, the rally's in Ypres Ypres has yeah. its own character that that is what we want to sell you know if you start selling racetracks as part of your USB then you know, you you find yourself competing in a completely different arena. You know, you do find I, yourself competing against Lamar, against Silverstone, and all those places. And I'm not sure that's right.
0: I agree with that, and and actually, for me, it was a huge treat to to go to Spa and to see and and to see all of that. Is, should it be come back next year? I'm not sure. The, the, the geographical argument, I think it should. Um, but also, I, I spoke going to, do, to do more
2: stages that, in Spa. <laughs>
0: I spoke Maybe to to I'll... Eve Eve Maton mm. yesterday and asked him what he thought. Why did it come back? Uh, why did we go to Spa? and And he said, "Don't forget that when this event was essentially put to the to the funding committees of of Wallonia and to Epa, um, it was an, an RX round, wasn't it? Last October, yeah. so it was supposed yeah. to combine with a the Sunday of a of a World RX round. So that's what people bought into. So they couldn't suddenly just say, Anna, there's no RX round this year. Yeah, let's just.'" leave it all in Epa. they were committed to that format of event yeah. so that's the reason uh, that it was that it was there um yeah. I, I agree and i agree with you george you know boucle de spa condros down Fantastic. there there are some yeah. awesome bits of road we don't and need to really rely on as well
3: aren't they really lovely yeah. there's yeah. no 90 or, right 90 or, left there the... or, or yeah. as point. usual
2: i've got some i've got some extra contribution why not run the old original spa racing circuit, the long one, which the roads are all still there. You just have to close a yeah. few roads and go, and go and do one lap of the full old circuit. Nobody does oh, that wow. now. Wow. It's
1: a I mean, it, I mean it was, it, we, we have been living in such strange times and different times, so that there was an element of the road show to taking the rally to Spa as well. And I'm wondering how many of those fans that went to see the action maybe hadn't been very far from home for 18 months and this was mm. an opportunity to feel a bit normal to go Absolutely and actually see so. some motorsport yeah. close up for the yeah. first time yeah. in yeah. what's Dead been right, the least. most weirdest time and if only for that reason it, it's one fans of the sport you know that, that again people may have had a decision about well i could drive there or shall i you know just watch the coverage the excellent coverage as it is the opportunity to go and actually smell the fuel and, uh, and you know, the brake dust and, and the burning and the excitement and hearing and feeling the noise if it's just that little bit more accessible to people. And I reckon that, that a large part of that crowd of people going, do you know what, it's one day, I don't care, we can drive all night and get there and we'll have a, a fabulous day and it'll feel a bit normal.
0: Mm.
2: Yes, I agree even though that. it's not yeah. normal.
1: Yeah. Um. So uh, do you reckon that Ypres has a future on the calendar? I mean, it's it's heading off to the ERC for a bit, isn't it? And then is it coming back? Is that the plan?
0: That That is the plan. Two years in, in ERC, which is, of course, now promoted by WRC promoter, so uh, all part of the same family. That's the thinking. Um, uh, and then back to WRC in 2024. Somebody has raised a very, 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 very good point uh, about this potential for running rounds in ERC and then, you know, guaranteeing a spot back in WRC. Where do the manufacturers stand? If if they if they know that E.P.R. is coming back in twenty twenty four, they have to they have to commit to cars running an A.R.C. round in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two, don't they? Because they, if one goes at all, unless they say you know no manufacturer uh, can can participate, which seems a bit odd, uh, but the manufacturers are saying potentially this could. S- you know cost could skyrocket again um if they suddenly have to commit to doing a bunch of erc rounds which they wouldn't have done just so that they keep their hand in for when uh when they not like use a
2: wrc car in that case are they
0: yeah well that's that's the obvious one but you know we've seen plenty of 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 rallies before george you know formulate a new event uh, of
2: of an open class yeah the results yeah
0: so yeah. it it is a tricky one, but the, I think this hasn't been rubber stamped yet. But it's it's pretty close that it will be part of ERC next year uh, and the year after, and then be back. Um, and everything we've said in terms mm. of atmosphere and location and history around the place, both in terms of of uh, military history and sporting history, fantastic. Um, but yeah. we need to we need the weather to play
3: its part. Yes. Yes, we okay, do. That's the weather
2: being told then. Look, bring on, yeah. bring on, the, rain.
3: Bring yeah, on the rain. Bring on, it on.
2: Bring on the rain. And what's happening for next year now, guys? I mean, some, some yeah. outstanding uh, performances there. Callie Rovin, Pera, amazing. Craig Breen, simply stunning. I mean, how the guy keeps delivering like that on partial programmes defies belief for me. Yeah. And on such different rallies. Rally. Yeah, he's dropped for the next rally. What's that about?
0: You know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Danny's yeah, brilliant
2: as well, of course. but. Uh, uh you know so what's happening next year there's not not many places to, for, for anybody to go Do, is there is there a level of interest is there, there we we, we can actually drivers? we
0: can we can confirm craig breen's future for next year he did tell us uh in the in control uh sorry in the media zone he he told colin exactly what he's, his his plans right now as they stand what he's committed to for for 2022 is uh ray breen's metro 6r4 he, you can, you heard, it here, heard it here first. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, he has, he has no contract for next David, year
2: signed You signs are yet. such a complete pillock <laughs> you
3: really are, honestly, I hate you immensely I thought you were going to reveal something to me I'm completely... Mind. Mind. Yeah. It's it's right. probably, so did I So did I So did I But you are a political was there trying to work car. out what he'd said uh, <laughs> Exactly uh, well, I'm like Exactly I'm the
2: least. world that hates 6R4s I think they were the most <laughs> dull cars to watch I mean Crikey, Contrary to everything George. Contrary to everything we've just said about rally cars <laughs> being spectacular <laughs> That car was boring everywhere I know they, 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 they sounded terrible didn't they the George The noise They sounded fantastic <laughs> the, it was the only thing about them that
1: was good—the V6 engine. Can we go back to crack. the future? Yep.
3: <laughs> George. Yes. In fact, if you you chucked in the incendiary there, George. Let us think about it all, and then took us back to six-hour fours. Well, David took us back to 6 fours. But I, <laughs> I I think Craig Breen, you know, he's he's doing. We talked about this a couple of months ago when you know we, we were kind of surprised by how early both Tanak and Newville made their announcements mm. about their long-term futures, and then. Uh, you know, we obviously had Elvin Evans confirming that he 's staying at Toyota, but you know there are still there are still potentially two or three seats available for next year you know there 's clearly the m sport seat there is the third driver at Hyundai, which is still still very much i i think up in the air still very much undecided, and there is potentially a part time drive at Toyota available now you know there are, as we know there 's maybe half a dozen drivers who would all like to be considered for any of those drives, and the most important thing with those drivers is that they start to perform. And if you're going to perform, you've got to perform at the right time. Craig Breen is exactly doing that. He's performing at yeah, exactly the right 100% time. And you know what? You know, that. if you're, you know, yes, Adamo's played around in the past for rotation. Let's 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 see Adamo saying to Breen, Nah, tell you what, there's a full season. Or Malcolm Wilson, you know, why not? You know, why not? You know, Ray Breen's driven focuses in the past and fiestas in the past and all sorts Mm. of cars there's a relationship there you know craig breen out of all the drivers all the drivers who are looking for contracts next year breen right now for me is the only one who is absolutely doing the business and fully deserves fully deserves to be given a chance in one of those three seats and i would i would like it to be a full-time seat at hyundai or a full-time seat at ford you know if he has to yeah you know, if he's the only you'd, offer, you'd take a part time it. seat at Toyota. It's earned, but, it,
2: earned it in spades, Colin, hasn't it, really? Spades. I mean, what yeah. performances yeah. he's given. And not just that, you know, there's a lot of drivers we've seen slip back to R5 and have not managed to deliver there. Craig has. And, and, but then he, he jumps back into this World Rally car, you know, having you know done one or two events when everyone else has done half a dozen, and, and he just keeps delivering. That's remarkably difficult to do. I mean, it's the number one excuse for any driver not performing well coming back into a WRC car. You know, <laughs> the, the young yeah, guys more experience. I mean, Craig's yeah, never, ever, I've never heard him bleating that one. And and yeah. what a trouble-free guy, you know. As again, you know, if you were speaking purely as a team manager, I'd say Craig would be right at the top of my list as a driver that just seems to knuckle knuckle on and and get on with it. You know, he can have his off days. He can have his off events. Of course, all drivers can, but. He seems to be the one guy that can come back on the following event and just put it to bed again. He doesn't mm. He doesn't have these long downs that, you know, I mean, what was that that year that, um, that Mickelson had in the Hyundai where he basically didn't perform until the very last event? I think he got a half-decent result on the last event he did. A dreadful mm. year. Craig's not having one of those, and he's got mm. all the excuses to have it, but, God, you just have to say, you know, give him a drive. Whoever gives them a drive, I think is going to get well rewarded. Yeah, you know, no, tru- tru- a trouble-free guy to run. You know, he'll, he'll test the car, he'll make it work, and uh, he's just going to deliver for you, hands down.
0: And he's getting quicker. He's getting better. He's getting he's
3: more experienced. Like, isn't he?
2: Isn't he? Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's yeah.
3: getting, he's getting, you know, an awful lot more comfortable in in where he's at. You know, and and you know, we've talked about this before with Breen. You know, There are other drivers, likes of Mickelson, who have plateaued. I, I believe, Osberg and the others who are, you know, certainly sooner than has perhaps plateaued and plunged down the other side. Um, but, you know, even Esa Pekka Lappi, is there much more to come from Lappi? Is he, yeah. you know, has, has he shown us the best of Lappi? I don't think Breen has as yet. He's never had a full season. He's never had much consistency in terms of his world rallying. Um, you know, has he absolutely matured? To the point where he is delivering at his best. Colin, not yet. No, no, not no, yet. no, way. He's got, no, he's got a couple,
2: couple of years to hit the top yet. Absolutely. There you go, categorically. Yeah, a couple of so, years so he of could... full experience and then he'll then he'll start to deliver. And just whilst we're talking about that, let's talk about his co-driver, Paul Nagel, what a great oh, job yeah. he's doing, you know. And mm. and just throw throw just to throw it a little bit wide now, Chris Patterson jumping in with uh mm. with um um mm. uh, with with Gus, I mean, what an incredible relationship mm. that's but, turned out to be, and Gus getting faster and faster, again yeah. another guy worthy of a drive.
3: Yeah, well, do you and know what with Nagel? Nagel demonstrated his value, didn't he, in that in that that little incident that we saw with with Oit Tanak, where um, Tanak had a puncture. It took him almost exactly three minutes to change that puncture. It had an issue with the jack, I think. So he pulls out onto the road quite rightly because he couldn't see couldn't see Paul when he Paul and and uh, uh, Craig and Craig, thank you, George, uh-huh. okay. Paul and Craig. You couldn't see him when he pulled out and it's the right thing to do. Get going until you know that the guy is right behind you. But he pulled out and then, you know, Craig clearly got a, just a little bit agitated. The dust was being thrown up. You can see the car in front of you. It changes your mindset. You're not seeing the corners. You're not seeing the apex. It's very, very easy to lose focus, to lose concentration, and we know that the slightest loss in focus and concentration on those Ypres roads, and you're off. But Nagel pulled him back, didn't he? Nagel, you could hear it on the onboards, you know, just concentrate, just focus, you know, don't get too excited here. Um, And that's the value of a great co-driver, I guess, George.
2: Absolutely. Knowing, Knowing where to
3: contribute. Knowing where to contribute. And
2: let's let's be honest, Paul Nagel's been down quite a few ditches in that situation with other drivers. So <laughs> he, you know, he, he knows well the value of pulling back and he can talk with absolute authority, absolute assurance. You know, and and, and having somebody that can do that is just massive. And you know, it's and I'm sure attitude. Chris Patterson's doing something very, very similar for, for Gus as well, you know, just making him steady on pull back, you know, and mm-hmm. and performance uh, and Gus's performances. You
0: know, it's coming on every event. So I, I, I've just gone quiet a little bit. So I've gone away and done some maths. Oh, good. Oh, I love oh, you, oh, little no, maths. that have made nice. his head <laughs> Here we Very go. Here, Here we go. Here we go. David, David, David. toes, with it. I'm going to have a lie down in a minute,
2: least.
0: <laughs> You've got 20 seconds left, David. That's us <laughs> over at that. So so Craig Breen has done four of the eight rounds this year and he has scored 60 points. So if you just doubled uh, what he's scored uh, to to make it eight rounds, that would give him 120 points. That puts him four points behind Thierry and Elvin. That's a demonstration for me of uh, uh, of where he is. And, that, you mm. know, I feel his pace and his, his, now his experience and everything, it does put him potentially, you know, we've got this big, the big four with, with Augier Neville, Tanak, Elvin. Um, mm. and, and increasingly, that could be a, a big six, couldn't it? With, with um, Brini and, and with Kelly.
1: Of those four, as well, how many of those were his? Was he effectively holding position as well?
0: Well, so, so like he, you know, yeah, if, if he'd been point, if yeah. he'd
1: been let loose in, in Belgium, potentially. No, it was, he could have it, it was more probably
0: only in. Belgium. I, I okay. don't think he would have he would have okay. caught okay. Cali. Um, but equally, he wasn't. Was he really allowed to push like hell to try to catch Calais? Not really, because he he, he had to, to bring some points home. And I, I don't think he could have beaten Cali um, in no. Estonia, uh, and he had a fairly rotten Croatia. Uh, where he he struggled with the car terribly, um, but yeah, for me, he he will have a he will definitely have a a, a, a full time seat next year. Or mm. the world's gone mad. The world has <laughs> well, gone again. mad. Yes, it would be a very very Irish thing, know. wouldn't it? <laughs> Let's avoid
1: any more of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. Anyway, well, so... well,
2: we'll see. We'll see what it brings. Well, interesting. Interesting. So, any idea when we might see decisions about that? Are they Are they likely to be on their way in the next weeks before we hit I, Greece? I,
0: again, I can absolutely I can offer real insight here and oh, that, you know that, uh, oh, that Ray, Ray had to have the engine rebuilt on the 6R4 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah.
3: Preseason pre-season yeah. testing
0: probably at Mondello Park or somewhere you're uh, not even a team are they, are they still
3: negotiating the contract David about how much <laughs> yeah, we, Greg? Yeah. Is, is that is, is that, that completed yet how much he pays for <laughs> the car <laughs> no, no, this quite. is a perfect Sorry. opportunity
1: for you to plug Dirtfish.com where you were going to reveal a big exclusive David
0: yeah. Evans. there will be it's fair to say there will be plenty Plenty of content coming uh, around Craig Breen uh, in the coming weeks. So let's look yeah. forward to it. 100%. Fabulous.
1: Right. Well, the next Very rally is uh, the Rally Acropolis or the Acropolis Rally Greece. Um, have a tough time in Greece. A big shout out to everybody in Athens and mm. thereabouts with uh, yep. the dreadful Absolutely. fires out there. So um, hope everybody's staying safe. And, yeah, but before that
0: before that, Lisa so you're you actually off to do a bit of a Japan recce for us, aren't you?
1: I am, yeah. I am. I'm heading out in around oh, let's see, in around yeah, twenty four hours time, touch wood. Wow. I will be on the plane to Tokyo
2: for the Paralympic Games, which I'm very, yeah.
1: very excited
2: about and well, I am Lucky go. If you're allowed out well. for a day, take take the bullet train down to uh, down to Toyota City. And, I'd absolutely uh, love have a look to go the rally route. I yes. would absolutely love to,
1: but I have a suspicion I am going to be kept under lock and key for a lot of it. But well, Lisa, um, any at suggestions? we
3: say we're all we're all very proud of you, Lisa, and we'll be listening to absolutely. that opening ceremony. that We, we know you. you'll be covering, so we'll be listening yeah. with with a great deal of pride to your wonderful see, coverage.
0: See if you can get see if you can get Dirtfish in there. Yeah, go on, get dirtfish.com in there.
3: That's your challenge, Lise.
0: <laughs> Lisa, don't you dare. Don't <laughs> dare Why
3: don't you invent... When, when you're doing the gymnastics, can, can you not... <laughs> <laughs> what a new move! The There'll be a, a fabulous,
1: a fabulous um, opening ceremony where I say, "Oh, this is a brilliant opening ceremony." Do you know what would have made it better? Some rally cars. That would yes. have uh, really perked things up. Um, yeah, and then I'll get my coat and get back on the plane <laughs> and fly be back last home. Broadcast that'll be sure. Yeah. Uh, anyway, if you have any questions for the crew, um, at Dirtfish Rally is the best way to get in touch. Senior staff writer David Evans. Former motorsport team boss George Donaldson and the voice of
2: rally himself, Colin Clark, thank you very much.
3: Thank okay, you, Lee. How, to... how awful oh. was your accommodation in uh, Ipah? <laughs> it was <laughs> <fabulous>. <laughs> genuinely,
2: sure. it, it wasn't too No, it Colin. wasn't too hot. It was great. One, gold star for Colin. That's one <laughs> gold star for <laughs> Colin. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank you. <Colin. laughs> that's one for gold star again. you. Thank you. bye Bye-bye.